Bank Talk features thought leadership interviews with executives from the community banking and credit union space. If you are the CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now, here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. I am Charlie Kelly, your host and partner at Remedy Consulting. And today, we are talking about brick and mortar branches. Specifically, there's been a lot of studies in the historically about how the brick and mortar branch is dead. Today, I've got with me Steve Bruin from Foresight Research, and Steve is going to explain how he doesn't feel that's correct and, and you know where his research is coming from and just a little bit about some conclusions that I think any one of our listeners should find very fascinating about their own customers if they're a community bank or a credit union. So uh, without further ado, let's get to Bank Talk. So welcome back to Bank Talk. Today I have with me Steve Bruin, who is the uh, CEO of Foresight Research. Steve, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Charlie. It's good to be here. Let me give you a moment of background. Uh, we are a market research company located in a suburb of Detroit, and we interview about 15,000 uh, banking customers every year in uh, about 60 markets across the country. In this case, we have singled out people who reside in the Midwest. There's 11 different markets in the Midwest that has that's included in the study. So we've We've surveyed about 3,000 people, and each of these people are at least 18 years old, and they make the family banking decision or share in the banking decision. And just to make sure that our data is good, uh, we demographically balance everything to the U.S. Census Bureau. Great. Now, Steve, I ran into, I don't know if it was an article you had written or one of our folks had bumped into your team at, speaking at a, at a banker's association. You know, what stuck out to me? was this conversation around brick and mortar uh, locations. And, you know, I, I take us back just a little bit to, to you know, all these articles that were written a couple of years ago how about how brick and mortar was dead and, you know, digital was completely going to take it over. Uh, matter of fact, I, I quote an article here in Forbes, March of 2019, and the title of the article is, Do Banks Still Need Branches? And then in parentheses, the answer is no. So give me a feel for this specific study. You know, the, the, the study, is, as, I, as I understood the results, seemed to be saying maybe, maybe branches aren't completely dead. I could not disagree more with that Forbes article. We find that the branch is very important. Uh, it is true that people are not using the branches anywhere near as frequently as they were. We find that when we ask people about how they connect with their bank or, or credit union, about 50% or so will use one of the digital channels, including peer-to-peer -peer payment apps, uh, at least once a week. And when we ask the same question about branches, only 25% of them are using the branches. And in some of the age groups, uh, particularly the younger age groups, it's even less. So, but at the same time, 80% of the people will say, that a branch is extremely and very important. So when you get about the business of closing a branch, you're gonna run into churn. 
is for sure. That demonstrates just how important the branches are. The reason for that is that even though branches are not being used nearly as much as they were years ago, it is true that when somebody wants a branch, for example, to handle a problem or to get some uh, advice and counsel on planning retirement or you know, buying a new vehicle or whatever the, the issue is for the customer, they want to talk to somebody. And it's very important to them that they are able to talk to someone. We uh, did an exercise about how comfortable people are with technology. We were saying, well, how comfortable are you using or connecting with a, a person in a branch uh, about routine banking inquiries or problems? 80% of the people were very comfortable. We said, okay, that's cool. Now, how comfortable are you with a live chat? That number drops 20 points. And when you get into automatic assistance, virtual assistance, excuse me, that number drops to 40%. So even though people aren't using the branch frequently, it still matters and it matters a lot. And we have asked people, well, if the, if the convenient branch were to close, if that were to happen, what would you do? And 20% of them say, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to defect. And since people frequently, more often than not, have a secondary bank, that's where they're going to go off more often than not. But even so, they're going to defect. There's a lot of penalties here. So the human side of banking still matters. People are still human. Bankers are still human. Technology may or may not sometime in the deep dark future replace everybody, but it's not anytime soon. I want to back you up to the, the usage and how comfortable people were with usage. You specifically had talked about you know live chat virtual assistants. If I understood it correctly, and I, maybe I did not, but if I understood it correctly, what you're saying there is there's a usage percentage of people who are comfortable going live face-to-face, right. and then you step that back and said, okay, now we kind of go into some other virtual technologies. And one of those I thought, keep me honest, is a virtual assistant, meaning somebody where you're communicating with somebody on camera. Is that is that how I think of those two? Sure. Or, you know, or can you walk me through this one more time, would you? Would you mind? I will. I will do that. In the region, this is the Midwestern region, we said for routine inquiries or transactions, how comfortable are you working with a person in a branch? 80% of the people say, I'm extremely very comfortable. So then we say, well, okay, now how comfortable would you be with a live chat? Perhaps somebody's in a, in a call center, for example, and you're communicating via text, for example. That number drops to 68%. It's a, it's a substantial drop. And then we said, well, okay, what about a virtual assistant? That number drops to 42%. Mm-hmm. And when we ask for advanced uh, applications or advanced issues, the numbers are even worse. And, and that's all customers, all ages. And it varies to some extent by age. When you look at the very younger folks, the Gen Z folks, it's fairly flat. They still prefer the branch. But they will they will accept the virtual assistant and they will also accept the uh, live chat. When we look at millennials, it begins to fall off. But when we look at baby boomers, they will have they don't want nothing to do with a live with a virtual assistant, and they're not crazy at all about a live chat. They want an, uh, they want a person face to face. I don't know if those are shocking statistics or not. To me, they are. To me, they're you know they're very interesting because until you can kind of put numbers to them, to me. The technology that people are using out there, people being, you know, community brand, 
banks, community credit unions. The you know the reason that they want to be able to use them is maybe start offering more seven by twenty four. But there's also this component of cost savings. Can you you know can you service more customers with virtually? Can you you know with a with a basically with a machine, right? Or can you support those customers with a virtual agent, even if that's a you know that's a person that maybe could support more customers over you know over that channel? This seems to say to me though that there are there's a portion of the population that's so uncomfortable with that you know with a couple of those channels that they you know they basically would run to the branch rather than have to go through that experience. Is that how you interpret it, or am I thinking yeah, about that? A, there's a number of people that just don't want to converse, or that don't, don't want a touch point being digital. One of the other interesting statistics is this. Let's talk about the people who are engaged in a, in a digital-only bank. And uh, what we find there is that in the Midwest, 38% of the people say, I'm going to leave in the next year or two. And so the intended defection is 38% among digital-only bank customers. Now, that compares to about 15% for credit unions, small banks, and large banks. So that, that, that runs around 15% for all of the different banking uh, types of banks, except for the digital-only banks, which is two and a half times. The defection rate is two and a half times greater. Oh. And why the defection? There's a great deal of dissatisfaction. I mean, serious dissatisfaction with the digital-only banks. And there's, there's a lot of dissatisfaction about fees and interest rates and other things. But included in the top five is the lack of, the lack of a branch. They do not feel that they're getting their problems handled as quickly and easily as they want. And they're dissatisfied. And uh, 38% of them say, I'm going to leave in the next year or two. And we also find out we measure longevity of banking customers as well. So we we take a look at the people who have been with a bank a year or two. Those are yesterday's defectors. And the numbers are right around 15%, and the intended defection is around 15% also. So we know that people do just about what they say they're going to do. So this is a tremendous opportunity for community banks and for credit unions but there's going to be a lot of defection. And in some states, Illinois was a standout. 60% of them say, I intend, to, I intend to leave. I intend to defect from this digital bank. Now, you and I had a conversation in preparing for this related to multiple channels and related to branches specifically and what people are looking for out of that branch. Let's start with, let's start with the branches. Why are they going to the branches? What, you know, what makes them, what makes that branch so important to them that they would leave without it? People who are there. That it, it sounds, you know, it's obvious, but they put a premium on competent, friendly folks who can handle their problems, handle their transactions, and offer them advice and counsel. And they do not put a premium on those things with, with digital. It's not to say they won't do transactions. They do. They do it all the time. We all know that. But when it, talk, when it comes to find, solving a problem or it comes to Support, getting maybe. advice and counsel, they want a person. And then the other thing that's interesting is the very young folks, the Gen Zs, they want it even more so, especially the advice and counsel, because they're looking to learn about banking. They're looking to learn about budgeting. They're looking to learn about how to manage their money because they 
frequently don't have the experience. So even though they will adopt certainly digital technology and have, they also put a, even a higher premium on um, that particular attribute. Hmm. Okay, that's that's great. That's very interesting. We had spent a little bit of time just around how much they value multiple channels, right? How much uh, how much anybody vault values a multiple channel? And and when I when I say we, that wasn't you and I. That was previous podcasts, right? Those previous uh, Bank Talk podcasts. So we spent you know the, a lot of time just around the fact that if you only have a single channel, and I'll, I'll take digital a digital only bank being one. If you only have one way they can get in, and maybe it's two, maybe it's their mobile app and their you know their digital app, right? If you only have that way in, but you don't have a backdoor or a or a way for them to get to the to the service, well, it seemed, it seemed to come to the same conclusions we had in previous podcasts, and that being, you know, you're going to do better if you offer multiple ways for them to come and visit you. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I mean, keep me honest, but this seems to bear that out, doesn't it? That that if you were a branch only, if you're a brick and mortar branch only, you might not have very sticky customers because they need the self service of the digital. But right. if you're digital only, it that that doesn't mean necessarily that that's a that's a great model either. Well, when you look at um, how important each of these channels are to folks, what you find is that digital is very important to. 80% of the people are thereabouts. You'll also find that it's the branches rank about the same, around the 80% range, <clears throat> with the exception of Gen Z. They, Gen Z operates differently because Gen Z doesn't, they don't frequently have a lot of accounts. They frequently don't have a lot of money, certainly as much as their older brethren. And uh, they, they don't have the need yet for either a branch bank or a or digital banking for that matter. Their, their needs are easier, and now certainly they're going to grow into it, but they haven't at this point. So they, the importance of the branches, uh, only only about half of those folks feel that the branch is extremely important. The other thing, though, that's interesting, I think, is that we asked folks about how satisfied they are with this connection. You know, we asked them in terms of, would you rate for us, evaluate for us, the friendly, you know, courteous service from personnel, handling problems, offering good financial advice. And we broke it down by type of bank, type of financial institution. And when it comes to big banks, little banks, and credit unions, they're all about the same. About 75% of the people will say, I'm extremely very satisfied with those elements. When you ask that, of the folks who have digital-only banking, that number is in the 60% range. It's much lower, significantly lower. Once again, stating or showing why the defection rate is going to be very high among digital-only banks. It speaks to the importance of multiple channels. Absolutely does. And and that face-to-face contact, I would think. Or at least, at least being able to ask a question and knowing you're being directed the right way. Yeah, right. to, to a different expert or a better expert or whatever, I would think. Mm, okay, that's great stuff. All right. Well, Steve, that I mean, that, this has been extremely informative. Anything else that came out of these studies that you find compelling that our, you know, our audience should be hearing about? Well, we've done a number of studies and we do syndicated research. So uh, the studies are readily available. This is not like we are doing this for a particular bank or financial institution. These are uh, readily available reports that we're writing. And we've written them about the customer experience. And of course, we've written about technology and we have written about defection. We've written about pre and post pandemic 
you know what happened we we did an interesting thing there we we measured people before the pandemic we measured people at the height of the pandemic and we measured people at the uh, now recently now the pandemic is about over uh, and we found some very interesting things with infection rate just rocketed during the pandemic people were very concerned about they were very uneasy about their job and about their future um, so we have a number of reports that are readily available at Foresight Research. And so that's, we don't, this is not, not work that's been commissioned by a particular, you know, banker credit union. It is reports that are available to just about everybody. And then we've also been doing an awful lot of speaking at the uh, associations, uh, the banking associations and the credit union. League. So that's kind of what we're about. You know, here's your shameless plug. Where can folks get you or get to the research? Is you know, is there a good place to, to connect? Sure, you can go to our website, it's foresightresearch.com, and there's a lot on there, or my email is steve at foresightresearch.com, F-O-R-E-S-I-G-H-T research. And uh, we're glad to talk to, to folks, and we do that all the time, and we share a lot of information because uh, that's well, that's our business. That's what we do. <laughs> well, and, and I think what's so interesting about it, right, is that it, at least to me, you know, the, the the fact that you're out there surveying, you know, surveying individuals to try to find out what their opinions are, you know, to me, it, it, the the results of that aren't always what you think they're going to be. In this case, you know, it, it this certainly does not. Uh, sound at all like what we were hearing three, four years ago about how the branch will, die, you know, is dead. Everybody's going to close them all. Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. This this research seems to bear out something quite different, in my opinion. And it does. Um, it does. That, that's refreshing. Yeah, we have we do an awful lot of things, and we do find a lot of surprises along the way. And uh, what our mission in life is to make very high quality information available to smaller banks and credit unions. Because if you look at the big banks, they've had it forever. And they have a commanding market share and they have a full product line and they have focused marketing strategies, but uh, and they have the information upon which to base good decisions. So we want to make that available to mid-sized and smaller banks and credit unions and at a very affordable price. So excellent. That's what we're doing. Well, Steve, I really appreciate the insight. This has been great thought leadership trying to you know get our heads around to this topic. So uh, I really appreciate you, you joining us today on Bank Talk. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Charlie. I appreciate it too. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Steve, again, for joining us on Bank Talk. I think some great insights there. And hopefully anybody who's listening, you know, maybe this gives you a little different perspective on just how to think about your brick and mortar branches in the in the future. Uh, on a side note, I was at a, a, a client conference this week and uh, had a conversation with a couple of folks knowing this podcast was coming up. And uh, one community bank in particular was opening branches on a pretty regular basis. And somebody in the group asked, why are you opening branches? And, and her comment was, we need them for our commercial customers. We need branches for our commercial customers because they they have these, you know, maybe more sophisticated needs that Steve was talking about. So I thought that was an interesting perspective as well, that you're never going to find a commercial customer at a digital-only bank, and your bigger customers expect a place to walk in, talk to whomever they need to, to get all their problems solved. Uh, you know, maybe, again, just something Steve didn't really spend much time on, but 
you know, another another thought from the industry. Probably a pretty good one. So thank you for joining us on Bank Talk. This is Charlie Kelly, your host. Take care and keep on learning. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast. To reach out to Steve, his email is steve at foresightresearch.com or go out to the website at 4-F-O-R-E-S-I-G-H-T-Research.com. To get the latest information on the Bank Talk podcast, go to banktalkpodcast.com. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.